This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. Good afternoon, this is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture and I'm Juliet Jacobs. No monkeying around, a recent study has revealed that a new, never-before-identified monkey has been spotted near the Kinabatangan River in Sabah. So the monkey is believed to be a rare hybrid between two different species, likely the offspring of a proboscis monkey and a silvery langer, which are two distantly related species that share the same habitat. Now, amazing as this discovery is, researchers note that this hybrid is possibly a result of both species being so crammed together in the remaining narrow riparian forest patches surrounded by oil palm plantations where they compete for food and mating opportunities. So I'm going to discuss the implications and findings of this new study with two of the study's co-authors, Dr. Nadine Rupert, she's a primatologist at University of Science Malaysia and the Vice President of the Malaysian Primatological Society and Nicole Lee, a tour guide from Marvellous Vacation over in Sabah. Welcome ladies, how are you today? Good afternoon, Juliet. Fine, thank you. Good afternoon, Juliet. Thank you you so much for joining me today. So this is an amazing study. You know, it's been making headlines all across the world. I'm really excited to talk to both of you about this. So the study is, of course, called Is Malaysia's Mystery Monkey a Hybrid Between, bear with me, Nasalis Larvatus and Trachypithecus Cristatus, an assessment of photographs. And it was released, uh, I think, late last month in the International Journal of Primatology, right? Um, tell me about this. I mean, Nicole, I know you are a tourist guide. Uh, you first saw this monkey while you were uh, on a boat in Sabah. Tell me about that. Yeah, hi. Um, actually, uh, this hybrid monkey, at the beginning, we planned to, for our trip for three, for four days, three nights to Kinabatangan River. Mm-hmm. Okay. It was on the date of 7th of September, 2020. Um, we planned our trip with our senior to just research for the wildlife around the Kinabatangan River. Okay, so the very first day uh, and the second day, we spent more than 10 hours around the Kinabatangan River, but nothing much we can see on, on, on the first two days. Okay, so uh, we went upstream. Okay, for the next day, morning, uh, we went upstream, uh, which is uh, nearby the Kampung Bilit, 15 minutes away from the spot. And then uh, we've spent about two hours around the area. Okay, so uh, we just managed to search like very common hornbills and also crocodiles around there. But uh, because of spending too long on the river, we decided to go back to our lodge. So um, when during our returning trip back to the to the lodge, it is very surprised that. Suddenly, I spotted something very different. So I used my binocular to double check and confirm with it. At the beginning, I thought it is a moth from silverleaf monkey. Mm. Okay. So I I asked the bookman to drive slowly to forward to the riverbank, and then uh, I have no idea what is this. Okay, so I just started to capture this. Uh, monkey around there mm-hmm. so at the beginning we just saw the the mother i just saw the mother uh, standing just looking around so so i just simply take a picture maybe i just like i have no idea maybe this is a, a morph from silver leaves so i just take the picture and then when i zoom in and then when i start when i zoom in my camera 
Um, very surprised that I saw a baby monkey just beside the mother. Wow, amazing. Yeah. So after I took the picture, I I just like sharing with my senior. I don't know what is this. I just uh, <laughs> just simply take the picture and then we sh- we we uh, and then we share the picture at the lodge and then we a group of our team we just say that ah oh, maybe this is a Zubowski's. We just give a nickname <laughs> Zubowski's and then I posted this picture into the Facebook. And there was that time uh, one of our friends, Sharvis, share shared a post out. And that was that time I know Nadine in Facebook, through Facebook. <laughs> so uh, it is can be said the luckiest day in my life that I shared <laughs> monkey during the cruise on the on the seventh uh, of September. Okay. Yeah. That's really awesome. So this is the the sighting in in 2020 where I mean you suddenly realized that this this primate actually was a mother and but I mean let's let's go back a little bit more. Uh, maybe Nadine you can help out. I think it was in uh, maybe 6 years ago another tourist guy Brendan Miles if I've got his name correct um was traveling along the Kinabatangan River and and he spotted this uh, quote unquote odd looking primate, right? Tell me about that. Yeah, so according to Brendan, it's very similar to the story that Nicole just told us. He um, was cruising along the Kinabatangan. He saw that peculiar-looking monkey. He didn't know what it was. He took pictures and kind of tried to figure out what is this, also thinking maybe it's a color morph of the silver leaf monkey. But again, um, he also thought, like, it looks too odd for that because also the, the, the nose of that monkey is quite distinct and the tail also didn't really match with the silver langurs. So so he was like also stunned, didn't really know what it was, posted it to Facebook and yeah. talked to it, uh, talked about it to his friends. And, and basically there was not a lot of um, information he could gather from that. So he kind of also forgot about it. And I think that what that's kind of the story I heard from the other photographers, because we, we then gathered information from more people who um between 2016 and 2020 have taken photos of that monkey and all had that same experience like wow what is this I want to know more but I don't know and then kind of forgetting about it and that's the same what happened to me when I saw the photos Mm. I was like oh my god this is interesting what could it be talking to colleagues talking to friends who are interested like nature photographers naturalists people working in Sabah and everyone was kind of like wow uh, yeah I've never seen that before I don't know and, and, and we put it down and we forgot about it. <laughs> and until another photo popped up maybe a year later, and I'm like, oh, man, this is still going on. This is still interesting. I want to learn more about it. So, yeah, this is where at that point I was trying to really find all these people because in the beginning we didn't know who the different photographers were. There were just photos shared on Facebook mm-hmm. sometimes. With, uh, so it's not even that the, the person who took the picture, like Brandon Miles, I, I only knew about him after we actually published the paper. And that's a big apology to him again, because there was some mixed up with the photos. And we're trying to rectify that in the publication as well. So he is well aware that one of his photos is being used. And that was actually the first photo in 2016. And and we thought it was taken in 2017 by another person. So was, this is the thing where we try to get everybody together and like having that that detective kind of like mystery yeah. right like it's a puzzle almost so right? puzzle having different people different sightings different photos and and trying to piece the story together okay all right i mean if this is not a shout out to citizen science i don't know what is right i mean everybody <laughs> coming together um and so tell me what happened after that um you know so okay so you've got these pictures and you're trying to fit the pieces of this puzzle i mean how did you act uh, uh nadine maybe you can take this how did you act uh, after you know finding all these pictures 
Um, so again, that's like, it's not that this happened at one time. Sure. It's just like between maybe really the first time the first picture popped up, I was sitting over lunch somewhere, just scrolling Facebook and uh, just like, okay. The second time was a year or two years later, somebody shared something in WhatsApp again. I'm like, I saw this monkey before. Now it looks different. It's a bit older, but it's the same individual, I guess. So like, so what happened was, again, I was trying to just talk to people from the area or other primatologists and and at one point, I spoke to Dr. Stan Lothar, who is uh, studying the proboscis monkeys in um, Kalimantan in Indonesia. And he, he came to Malaysia for a work trip or like a field visit. And we were sitting over lunch with my PhD student, Jolene Yap, who is studying langurs and specifically the dusky langurs. But they are quite closely related to the silver langurs. So we're sitting there with one person studying proboscis monkeys, one person studying uh, these langurs, and me being all crazy about this individual since I first saw, saw a picture of it. Yeah. And just from a professional perspective, having these three primatologists talking crazy stuff <laughs> over lunch. <laughs> yes, yeah, look at this, look at the nose, look at the fur color, look at, you know, the whole, we call habitus, the whole like demeanor of that, you know, individual that's very much like in between, you know, the hybrid, we call it like something that's in between two species. And, and then pretty much if you look at what is possible in that area and from what the pictures gave us, the information, as I have mentioned, like the nose, but also the fur color and everything, it looked in between a silver langur and a proboscis monkey. So they were like, hmm, we should take this from a more scientific perspective or angle. We should really try now to find these photographers and get their stories. And we should try to get maybe high picture, high quality pictures better because they were sh shared through WhatsApp, you know, the quality, the resolution isn't really good. So let's, let's try to, you know, and I still had no clue at that point in time. So there was, I think at one point I was actually at the Kinabatangan in 2019. And um, that was not related to the study is something different. We did a work trip there. And I was again, trying to talk to people at the river tour guides Again, nobody could really tell me something about it. I'm like, that can't be true. Now I'm here already. <laughs> I went to see my, my colleague, my friend, Dr. Wong, uh, from the Bornean Sunday Conservation Center, and just, again, chatting over lunch. <laughs> and he's like, yo, yeah, I saw that before. I know, I know these pictures. Wow. Yeah, 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 yeah. They've been talking about this. I know a person who might have taken one of these pictures. And so the ball kind of started rolling, and I contacted it contacted that one person who led me to another person and then all of the photographers at one point I think came together a year after I first really had that shout out and uh, that was then yeah that was the pandemic so we were like sitting at home it was between those total lockdowns and you know CMCO and all the things in Malaysia where you can go out and you can do stuff but you're not allowed to do everything and it's different in Sabah Sarawak than it is in Peninsula so I'm in Peninsula um all the interesting stuff happens in Sabah. I can't go there. <laughs> and and so we're doing a desktop study. So then trying to get all these photos and the stories um, and uh, doing, yeah, like a desktop study on it and not being able to really go to Sabah and get some. What we actually intended, of course, is to get definite proof you need some genetic sample. Mm -hmm. And it's the best way is to just take some poop some genetic, um, some some fecal sample, which is, you can just go there and collect it. It's not invasive. You don't have to capture the individual or harm it. But of course, you need permits for that. And, and applying permits during lockdown and all this is also quite 
tedious. So um, then the other thing was we could try to ask one of the photographers to get just really high quality pictures, better photos. And as Nicole has just told us, it's yeah. just a stroke of luck even seeing that monkey. She's like there for three days and then, you know, just on the way back on the last day, maybe she saw it. And yeah. so, so getting people there, of course, you need funding, you need to pay them and all that. So that didn't really happen during that time. So we relied on the pictures we had and we tried to analyze those. Okay. All right. Let's just go for one quick break. And then when we come back, let's talk a little bit about, you know, the Kinabatangan River area, you know, the, how the landscape is at the moment. I'm speaking today to Dr. Nadine Rupert. She's a primatologist at University of Science Malaysia. She's also the vice president of the Malaysian Primatological Society. And Nicole Lee, she's a tour guide from Marvelous Vacation Sabah. They are both co-authors, uh, with many other authors, that is, of the new study, uh, you know, which has revealed that there is a new never-before-identified monkey hybrid in Sabah. We'll continue that discussion after. After this quick break, you're listening to Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Welcome back. This is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. With me today are Dr. Nadine Rupert. She's a primatologist at University of Science Malaysia. And Nicole Lee, she's a tour guide from Marvelous Vacation Sabah. They are co-authors of a new study which has which basically says that there is a new mystery monkey, a hybrid between proboscis monkeys and silver langurs. Uh, two distantly related species that say that share the same habitat, and um, there's been a spotting of you know this whole new hybrid species in Kinabatangan River in Sabah. Um, let's talk a little bit about you know where this uh, monkey was, this hybrid monkey was first spotted, right? So it's in Sabah, Kinabatangan River. Um, maybe uh, Nicole, you can tell us a little bit about what the landscape in that area where you first spotted the monkey as well. What it uh, what the landscape is like? Yeah. Uh... The hybrid monkey was spotted in the Kinabatangan River. Uh, so it is a Kinabatangan River is the second longest river in Malaysia. Okay, it is about 560 km from uh, Crocker Range in southwest Sabah and ending into the Suluk Sea southeast of Sandakan. Okay, so the Kinabatangan River Wildlife Sanctuary it is about 27,800 hectares. Okay, so um, the whole uh, the whole area of this Kinabatangan, uh, there is part of the uh, Orang Kampung staying nearby, which is uh, the area that we spotted is around the Kampung Bilit. Okay. okay. So uh, the Kampung Bilit um, area, uh, it is around one thousand of population of the local people staying around there, and um, it around the area it also consists of around five lodges around the area okay so um, the main mammals that uh, normally we we search around the Kinabatangan river there's Borneo big five okay so normally it's the pygmy elephants orangutan crocodiles hornbills and also proboscis monkey mm -hmm. mm. okay but then suddenly you saw this new monkey and it's like what is this right <laughs> and suddenly, like I have no idea how come the color of the monkey is very different? And then um, and then we just simply take this picture like for fun and I, I thought it is just a normal monkey. Mm. I really have no idea that there's this hybrid monkey around the Kinabatangan River. And um, when I when after I posted it out and a few of my friends that uh, Wendon and also Ken Ching from Hong Kong, uh, they are also my friends, then we share some of the picture that we we taken and then they, they say that uh, 
like uh, Mr. Ken Ching, he is the one who took in the year 2017. And then he he did text me about, about it. And they are just, they are so wondering what is this type of monkey that we saw. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Nadine, anything you wanted to add to, you know, the, the sort of area that, you know, this monkey has been spotted in? Um, I know that, um, you know, state of Sabah has lost, you know, about 40% of its forest cover. Um, uh, yeah. Tell me a little bit about all of that. I mean, as Nicole has said, along the Kinabatangan, there are, there's the Kinabatangan Wildlife Sanctuary. So there are large forest patches of intact um, rainforests. But interspersed also along the river are areas of oil palm concessions. There's agriculture, there are settlements, there's the kampung, the village that Nicole has talked about. So you have, you have intact patches and you have very disturbed, very fragmented patches. And that particular area where we... Um, confirmed the sightings of that monkey, it seems that it's a quite fragmented landscape. There are um, roads that confine the space where the monkeys can go to one side, there's the river to the other side, and in between that habitat where they can basically roam, um, it's maybe not larger than like three hectares, and that's mixed forest and oil palm. So it seems that it's a very fragmented, disturbed area in that particular uh, patch or, or um, site where the monkey was was seen. Okay, all right. So, so of course, then the theory that you guys came up with was that you know this was a hybrid of a proboscis monkey and a silvery, silvery langer, uh, langer, 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 langer. Okay, <laughs> silvery <laughs> langer, silvery langer. Right. Um, I mean, what can you can you walk us through? So you had all these different photographs, and of course, you had all the experts coming together. And as you said, you did a desktop sort of um, study on it, right? Um, I mean, what other proof did you guys have to to back up? You know, the theories that you guys. Um, eventually presented in the study? I mean, it's just, it's, I think, important to say clearly that we have no definite proof that this is a hybrid. So this is why we always refer to it as putative hybrid, like possible hybrid, because as I said earlier, if we don't have any genetic sample that can really, really prove it that, okay, here we have DNA of proboscis monkeys, here we have DNA of silver langers, you have that, you know, the parent species confirmed, it just is still a speculation. So what we kind of have is, is circumstantial evidence, if you want to take it from a good court, you know, you argue your case. <laughs> like We argue with that circumstantial evidence. So what sure. we saw from the photos, we tried to, and from the, the stories the photographers told us, we tried to get like the whole picture. So first of all, yes, we have both species in that area. Um, secondly, we see them interacting and we see them not just interacting to a point where they sit next to each other, but they are mating with each other. So we have photographic evidence of that. And we saw proboscis males, adult males mating with um, the silverlanger females in that particular area. And again, there's photographic pr proof of that. And it's known to the tour guides, to the, the people along the Kinabatangan that there's there's a lot of interactions between these two species. So that's not something that we, we must argue. So then we looked at the hybrid photos and we kind of, as I said earlier, stunned about, yeah, look, the, the color. Mm. It's between the, the color of the proboscis monkey and the silver langer. So proboscis monkey are very distinct orange in color and the silver langers are black, grayish in color. And if you have seen the picture, you see it's just that mosaic of both colors. And... It's not just that. I mean, we looked at very distinct features like um, the grizzle of the fur, the texture of the fur, or the, the shape of the nose, or the size of um, different facial features. And that was all taken, what we call as um, 
not measurements, but just from the assessment of how the individual looks. So that was one piece that kind of like came, you know, to form the whole picture. And the third one was then where we tried to measure um, the limb ratio of the individual. So when you look at both parent species, we um, took photos from both parent species of high quality. We searched the internet. We asked more photographers, can you send us photos of proboscis monkeys? Can you send us photos of silver langurs? Because these species are rather common and there's a lot of photographs out there. And we tried to get good photos so that we could measure from the photograph the length of the upper arm, um, length of forearm, the thigh, and the calf. And when you look at the different lengths, you can define different ratios. So you, you divide one by the other, you get a certain number. Now for proboscis monkeys, these numbers, and that is also published in literature, these indices, they are, they are like pretty constant, you know, around a certain value. And it's the same for the other parent species, the silver langurs. So the values are also quite constant around certain, you know, measurements, but both species differ from one another. Mm -hmm. So these values, they don't overlap. So when you look at, for example, ratio between forearm and upper arm, proboscis monkeys have very long arms because they're using their arms also for like swinging. Various the silver langurs arms are not so long. And so the ratio is different because also of their ecological, um, how they move in the habitat, how they how they behave. Now, this being said, then we try to measure these exact indices from the photos of the hybrid that we have. And I think in total, we, we compiled around 30 or more photos. And not all of them, of course, were fantastic in terms of we can see the uh, forearm, we can see the, you know, the the legs, the calf, the thigh. So we could really just pick where we saw this, um, or where we could conduct these measurements, we could really just pick three good ones. Because another issue also is that um, at the time where we started the assessment, uh, most of the photographs were from the individual when it was still a juvenile. Mm -hmm. And The other issue at that time also was we didn't know whether it was a male or a female. Actually, only Nicole's picture in the end, in 2020, the only one that gave us the clear indication, wow, this is it's a female individual. And it seems to be adult now because she was it's she seemed to be nursing a baby. So, you know, you have different variants, variations going into that. You can just look at the species. You have to look at the sex of the species. You have to look at the age of the species. So determining all this, we only got like three pictures to work with in the end from the hybrid. But still these pictures also, when we looked at these different indices, they showed us that they were not exactly the same or like um, similar to one of the parent species. Um, they were kind of intermediate. And that is now very simplified. Um, If you look back into the data, it is more complicated than that. But from that conclusion um, that we saw from these indices as well, we could say, okay, this is just confirming the the hypothesis that this is an intermediate individual between these two uh, putative parent species. So everything is kind of intermediate. This is when we talk about hybrids, we expect something to be somewhere in between, right? Or some of the features might even add up and become more prominent. And, um, so it depends how you how um, different hybrids basically turn out to be, but looking at the scientific evidence, we were just more certain during that point in time that yes, it is not 
like a different species of monkey altogether that was imported from <laughs> another country, for yeah. example. It's not a color morph of one particular species either, because then these indices, they should all be more similar to that species and so on. So it's all it's just this mix of in-between features from the color to limb length and and uh, also, of course, the um, behavioral data um, that we saw. Okay. I'm just curious because you mentioned, you know, there's photographs of the uh, proboscis monkeys mating with the female langurs, right? I mean, is that something that's quite common? Do do other, do other I mean, do we know that other closely related species interbreed? Are there examples of this happening? I mean, if you look at, okay, now why we think this is something that is worth reporting and doing the study in a scientific way and bringing it out there is because it's not just a hybrid between two different species, that happens quite often, actually, in the wild, that species that are very much related to each other, very closely related to each other, that they can breed and they can also produce offspring and so on. But this is, is it's a hybrid between two different um, genera. And it depends on how much you know about the the classification or taxonomy, like we biologists, we just like to put everything into boxes and have categories for everything. And trying to look at the species concept, what we learn in school is that if you have two individuals um, of potentially the same species um, mating and, and, and interacting and they can produce offspring, then it's supposed to be the same species. That's a very old fashioned, it's called the biological species concept way of how we learned it in school. And, and matter of fact, much of it has been refuted already because what we see in nature is that there's always exceptions to this rule. So we can't make it the, the actual rule. Mm. So when we see, um, for example, different um, species of the same genus, they can produce hybrids or, you know, often the offspring also is, is not fertile. That happens in the wild and that happens also in captivity. Now, between different genera, that is a different story because they are kind of so distinct already that it's not supposed to be, right? But mm. nature always finds a way. And in captivity is something that we have seen earlier as well, that um, species that are held together in, for example, in primate rescue centers that are of different genera, like the proboscis monkey and another species of langur, they have produced offspring as well, hybrid offspring between genera. So that is biologically possible. Mm -hmm. And it also happened in the wild between um, species of uh, gelada baboons and olive baboons in Africa and Ethiopia, where also both of these species are from a different gen a genus. So they are quite distinct evolutionary. Sure. But again, they come together in the wild and also they, they mate and they produce offspring. And that's very, very, very rare. And we don't know how rare it is because it's even rarer to observe. Again, coming back to Nicole's story, she just, you know, saw that um, hybrid just by chance. So how many more are out there? We don't know because sometimes we just don't see it as well, right? Yeah. Okay, so why why is this happening is, yeah, can be different reasons, of course. It can be just because um, it's just a random thing that happens sometimes. <laughs> we never know, right? Yeah. Just something nature, you know, produces. Um, and it can also be, of course, that these species that are living together in a space that is confined they, they just compete for different resources and they also compete for mating partners. And if there's not enough mating partners available from their own species, they might kind of like just try to, you know, try their luck with whatever is there. <laughs> oh and that's, that's the issue that we're talking about here, I think. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, so so you believe that this is actually a cause for concern, am I correct? Yeah, so I've from the perspective of of primate conservation or even landscape conservation in that area, there there must be some ecological pressure that made this happen. Again, it can be something random. We never know. So I'm not going to say this is this is the final answer, but it seems more likely that species that are usually from a distinct genus, evolutionary, also quite distinctive, even if they're living together in exactly the same area and they're sharing the same resources, if they have a large enough habitat, they can they can disperse, means they can use space and go somewhere else if it becomes too cramped, then they would not necessarily not mate. Yes, they do interact. Maybe you even see primates. Sometimes they're grooming and all that, but not necessarily that they would find um, a female from a different species to to mate with them. So I think this is it's a cause of concern because that area seems so so fragmented and that habitat patch they're living in is just not big enough that the proboscis uh, monkey males can go out and find other groups of proboscis monkeys where they find new females because this is what they usually do. They have to disperse they, when the um, adults, the monk, um, the males, when they become um, adult, they try to find new uh, groups where they have to, you know, maybe establish their own group, find adult females to, yeah, to to take up these mating opportunities. And it's the same for the silver langurs. Once the males born in one group, they become adults. They have to leave yeah. that group and they have to go away and they find new females somewhere else. But if there's no place to go, you know, so then this is what, what is possible to happen, that they they mate with whoever is around and it sounds like, you know. But this is what, what what we think had happened there. So dispersal opportunities, if you call it like this, is, is something that might be very restricted in that area. And the proboscis monkeys are the bigger species. They seem to be more dominant, means they can also displace the males of the silver langurs mm-hmm. because the males, when you look at the proboscis monkeys, they, they are pretty, pretty big and, and uh, it's dirty, yeah. right? So they, they can, by aggressive behavior, also make males of the other species just go away. Um, and of course, it's a question what happens to the, the other males. Usually, if there's no place to go, you can think what happens. They might not all survive mm-hmm. as well. Okay, so so there is a there is an element of you know what happens when their habitat starts to shrink pretty much, right? And how that's actually going to uh, impact their long term uh, survival and their long term, uh, yeah, basically how they mate, how they how they live, pretty much, yes, right? Yeah. How they behave. How yeah. they behave. Okay. All right. So, so those are some of the negative, I suppose, repercussions of of this hybridization that's happening. Yeah, you would say. Yes, yeah. I mean, it is a symptom, you know. It's As I said, it's, it happened before. It's not something that is out of the ordinary. Well, it is special. It is rare. But it's not that now we have to abandon the whole, everything we know about taxonomy or mm. the species concepts. But it is a symptom of an ecosystem that is under pressure. And it's maybe the only the first symptom. Now we have talked about habitat fragmentation. We haven't even considered climate change and everything that is happening and supposedly getting worse in the in the near future. So what pressures there are at the moment, they might just become worse for these species. And and um, the proboscis monkey is already an endangered species. Yeah. And also the silver, silver langur is, is listed as threatened species. And that is really just, as I said, it's just a symptom and it's just something that, um, now we see 
that happened in, in this family of, of, you know, these primates there. But what about the other species, as Nicole has mentioned, people always go there to look for the big five. So what about the elephants that also um, are threatened by habitat fragmentation? What about, you know, the other charismatic animal species and, you know, all the other plant species and everything, everything is, is, is interconnected. If we lose one part of the ecosystem, you know, it's, it's very likely that we lose other parts. At one point, everything will just fall apart. Mm -hmm. And so this is something we worry about. It is something where we say that, as I said it in one article, this, this primate, if you look at her, she's beautiful. She's gorgeous, right? Yeah. So she can be this kind of flagship species where people go to the Kinabatang and they spend money for ecotourism products and they help the community there and everything. And that would be something that is nice. But we don't want to see more of her because we don't want to have that habitat becoming even more fragmented or worse for this, the wildlife that's living there. So there needs to be some measures, some mitigation efforts being taken to restore habitat quality in that area. Okay. Um, Nicole, how about for you? I mean, uh, as Nadine said, both of us, we, are, we live in the peninsula. You know, you are there. Uh, are yeah. you witnessing a lot of changes there? I mean, what are some of your observations about um, the wildlife and, and the, the flora and the fauna there? You know, is there a lot of change happening? Um, actually, uh, a lot of changes happening in these few years. But the NGO is doing a lot of conservation also to protect the uh, wildlife over there. Like, uh, before this, I actually spotted this hybrid monkey, I, I mean that uh, I ever since that there's a male proposed monkey wandering around with a group of silver leaf. Ah, okay. Um, and that's not normal, is it? I mean, or I don't think it. I thought it was like quite odd to see this and I didn't know that it could mate with, with each other. Thinking that a male proposed monkey with, uh, would join in with this silver leaf is for protection uh, himself from predator. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, nowadays, you know, uh, because of the the ecotourism in Sabah is booming, and since in the uh, it back to these four five years, okay, um, uh, all these uh, Borneo pygmy elephant, the smallest elephant in the world, right? Um, and uh, uh, orangutan is, uh, I mean, they they are doing their very best to protect the area right now. Yeah. Okay. All those loggings is, uh, I mean, stop at that area. Yeah. Okay. Kampung uh, Bilit and until Sukau, there's no more loggings around the area. Yeah. Okay. Because this is a wildlife sanctuary, right? Area that you were saying? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. So, um, I guess, you know, um, what is it that you want people, Nidhi, maybe you can take this, what is it that you want people to understand about the significance of these findings, right? And 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 I guess the existence of this new hybrid. Why why should we be uh, mindful of it? Why should, should we be concerned? Um, yeah, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think I said it before, so I don't want to repeat all that, but just as, as just a reminder for all of us, not the scientists or not, you know, the people studying wildlife or being in an NGO, being super... Um, involved in activities that are trying to help to preserve nature, but really for everybody, I think just to be aware about the changes that are happening and that everybody of us can also play a part in mitigating some of the, uh, the negative effects. So as Nicole has said, now the NGOs are already working in that area and also that um, part of the Kinabatangan is, is being um, protected and there's no more logging happening. And that is something that is really laudable and fantastic. And we just hope because we saw it's already 
maybe too fragmented in just some parts of that area that maybe we should do something to also reconnect these habitat fragments to the larger Kinapatangan, um, the, the forest, um, yeah, the wildlife forest areas that are left there so that we find ways to mitigate any negative impacts. And there are like easy things people could do. And that's already been done in some parts of the Kinabatangan is, for example, canopy bridges that make um, connections between fragments where um, especially animals that use trees, boreal animals that can then go from one forest patch to the other, maybe across the river, just to be be able to disperse what I have said before and and it for different species it works differently so that for elephants that you can uh, you know establish um, forest corridors and and try to um, yeah just have tree planting projects with the NGOs participate as as a citizen you can participate in these programs you can donate if you're too far away so trying to work for habitat restoration and, and improving the quality of the habitat that is still left and and really just being aware about what is happening and that everybody can just contribute a little bit to make it better. And because sometimes we're just like in our little cocoons, we think that this is not affecting us. Or we think, well, I'm in Peninsula, this is happening in Sabah, what can I do? Mm. But again, you know, it's affecting us because in the long term, if we lose habitats, if we lose wildlife, we lose biodiversity, the ecosystem at one point will come to to fall apart and that is something that will affect every one of us and um, yes so we can look up NGOs that are working in the areas and try to help them and maybe visit the area spend some money there on a boat tour you know just to help the local community and tour guides everyone working in that sector be mindful about the environment and, and have mindful ecotourism um, yeah being conducted there and be a mindful tourist so all these things is something where I think this, this monkey is something we can use as, as a reminder just to make us more aware about, well, something is not really um, going in a way that it should be continued in the future in terms of, you know, habitat destruction, fragmentation, in terms of climate change and all that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, we need to do better. Okay. And uh, Nicole, anything that you'd like to add? I mean, we're, we're just running out of time. Any, any last message that you'd like to leave our listeners with? Um, I mean, uh, for those who have never been to Sabah, to the Kinabatangan, please pay a visit to our Kinabatangan River. Okay, you will get surprised to see a lot of endemic and um, all those uh, mammals around our area in Sabah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. And and again, you know, a shout out to Citizen Science. You know, if you take photos and it's something that you 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 know you've never seen before, you're not sure, share it. You know, share it with scientists. Who knows? You know what new discoveries uh, might be made. Uh, and such a collaborative effort, isn't it, Nadine? So many people coming together. So yeah, um, more ecotourism, more photographs, uh, more sharing. I think those, that's really really important for all of us. Well, thank you so much, uh, both of you, for joining me today. I've been speaking to Dr. Nadine Rupert. She's a primatologist at University of Science Malaysia. She's the vice president of the Malaysian Primatological Society and Nicole Lee. She's a tour guide from Marvellous Vacation in Sabah. They were talking about this new hybrid, well, putative uh, hybrid, if I if I should say it properly, right, Nadine, uh, that was discovered over in Sabah. If you'd like to read that study, it's called Is Malaysia's Mystery Monkey a Hybrid Between Nasalis Larvatus and Trachypithecus Cristatus? <laughs> An assessment of photographs. Look that up. It's uh, in the International Journal of Primatology. It's also available online. Am I correct, Nadine? Yes, yeah. It should yeah. be open access for all. Okay, all right. And uh, if you'd like to find out more about the work that Nadine is doing, uh, Nadine, what, which website should they head to? 
Oh, well, if you are interested in, in finding um, out more about primates in general in Malaysia, you can um, head to the website of the Malaysian Primatological Society, which is www.primatesmalaysia.com. And uh, there's like links to different projects and also contact, um, yeah, where you can contact us and ask questions and get in touch. Okay. And you guys are on social media as well, yeah? Yes. yes. Okay. All right. So that's primatesmalaysia.org. And uh, Nicole, if anybody would like to get in touch, how can they do that? I may just drop an email to marvelousvacation.com. Okay. All right. Excellent. Thank you so much again, both of you. And if you miss any part of today's interview, you can always download the podcast at bfm.my slash earth, or you can find it on the BFM app. This has been Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.